Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. This is Oilers Now. Time for Spectre and Stoffer. Brought to you every Tuesday by the horses. Horse Racing Alberta. Reminding you, Century Mile, now open out in Nisku. Live racing Thursday nights, Saturday days, and Sunday days. All right, Mark Spectre is here. Spec, you have another chap. You're going to have to do a rewrite of your Battle of Alberta book. Yeah. You're going to have to write yeah. the uh, Milan Lucic James Neal story. Well, and don't forget about Smith and Talbot. Yes. All right. This is going to make for some very interesting uh, storylines. Yeah, you know, it would probably be like a thesis paper on how they went from a time in the 80s when, you know, even at a summer golf tournament, the Flames and Oilers would sit on the other side of the table, like room from each other. They didn't socialize. It wasn't cool to hang out with guys from the Flames or Oilers, right? To today when geez, they're making trades with each other and free yeah. agents going back and forth, and it's a totally different time, Bob. Yep. Cap system plays a factor in that, obviously, and yeah, dif- different era and different generation different of players. Era. Players don't. The uniform doesn't. You know, the old days, they couldn't be on the same train together. Those well, we, days you know what? Well, we were talking yesterday with Ken Holland, and he goes, well, you know, Detroit and Chicago, and we finally made it. I'm like, well, wait a sec here. What about Jack Adams back in the 50s? Didn't he make deals in Chicago? They dumped players there all well, the time. Well, they did, but that was a, there's only yeah. five trading partners in the whole league right? <laughs> back then, but uh, yeah. no, this is, I mean I, I will tell you something that disappointed me a little bit uh-huh. is there seemed to be some character assassination going on uh, specifically with Neil from a couple of Calgary writers, like you know what, man, the guy's moved on, it didn't work out, I'm not saying you have to look at it through Pollyanna-esque uh, glasses all the time, Yep. but unless you're 100% in that room and you're witnessing it every day, there are, you know, like I'll give you a theory, Mark, okay. sometimes I think players that are good quotes and always available... They get, get a, a better shake. They get a better shake than, sure than maybe you cooperate got, with the media. Right. They, they help you out. Then you feel sometimes, even if you don't so you admit, think it, sometimes yeah. you think, oh, you know what? That guy was very helpful to me. I was in a jam. He came out, gave me some great quotes, saved my copy that day. I feel like I, you know, so I should be a little better to him. Sure. It's, it's, so it's here's the thing. So it right? didn't work out here for Milan, right? So last two years was, to say. wasn't good. To me, there's no need to boot kick him on out of the way, out of town. I want to see him be like, you know what? I, I like the fact that we can reach out to former players that are still in the league uh, that we've come across the past with, and and you, you know, our, like if I text Andrew Cogliano, he's going to do our show. That's just the way it kind of works, right? right? Sure. And now in Milan's case, a little bit different relationship, but still, I, I had empathy for him. I mean, he went through an incredibly difficult personal time as a result of something, and then. And he'd be the first to admit to this. His game struggled. And then what happens is then people, oh, you know why he's... And I'm like, seriously, shut the up. If you have no idea what's really going on with a player and what's... Mm-hmm. Unless, seriously, unless you're in that room. And, I, you know, so in Lucic's case, I know this sounds sacrilegious for Oilers fans. I hope 
He's a productive, useful bottom six forward for the Calgary Flames. Sure. I don't wish ill upon him. Do you? No, and of course not. Like, why would you? There's, you know, there's been kind of sort of amusing in the in the last week because a lot of you know, well, both of our Twitter feeds, you get a lot of, yeah. I get a lot of Flames fans that find their way in there. I'm not saying that I follow them or Oilers fans, but they find you know find their way in your feed. And there's some voices that used to just crush Milan Lucic out of Calgary that are now searching and looking and seeking positive things to say, well, you know, we could never use that guy. And same in Edmonton, right? Edmonton folks who used to laugh, aha, Flames, you signed Neil, what a bunch of dummies. Now they're going, you know, gee, James Neil, I think we could use that guy. It's not so bad. And so, you know what? It's, I think what that tells you, Bob, it's about the crest on the front. Yeah. More than the name in the back. Yeah. And they're going to cheer here in Edmonton for Mike Smith to get wins next year, and they weren't cheering for him to get wins last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the funny thing yeah, is... It's fun. It's interesting with Calgary because, uh, make no mistake, I mean, you wrote the book Battle of Alberta. I, I, I think, and I'm super pleased, by the way, that the Flames are on their way now to getting a building done. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, about that's great news for yeah. them, right? But... You can't compare the two hockey markets. I know what the numbers are in the radio stations between the two markets. Uh, I know what the Twitter follows are for the respective. Like, you have significantly... The guy that would be relative to you would be Eric Francis. You've got a way more followers than Eric does. Uh, I, and people say, well, that doesn't mean... It. You know what? Uh, it, it actually... It kind of does... You know, like a guy like... Like Jason Greger. He does something similar to what I do, where he hosts a daily show. Mm -hmm. You look at our numbers, uh, Twitter-wise, and compare them to the guys that are in sort of radio roles in Calgary, and it's night and day difference, right? You can't, why, right? I wonder. I well, wonder. because there's way more interest in the market here for the hockey team yeah, than there I wonder, isn't. Cause, I wonder why, though. Because the Oiler fans are more... They are. As a rule of thumb, they're more... Pa Go to Red Deer. Do more of them. I guess. Right, right. Like, I wonder uh, why. I'm still asking the question. Like, because more of Edmonton aren't that different from each other. Yeah, because more of to me because more of Edmonton and Northern Alberta is from Northern Alberta. That's I think probably would. I is. think that's part. There's a hundred thousand at least there was before the economy went to down. You know, went down south, literally down south. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a hundred thousand Americans in Calgary. There's not 100,000 Americans in Edmonton. Like, so you're saying that they, there are more Edmontonians in Edmonton than Calgarians in Calgary. Ryan Rashog has infinitely more followers than Jermaine Franklin. They're both talented broadcasters. Yeah, right. You have uh, way more followers than Francis. You're both pains and asses once in a while, but you both can write, right? Yeah. You both can turn a phrase. We're the same guy in the same... In Jim Matheson has way more Twitter followers, despite the fact that people like to beat on him, than the Calgary writers, right? And and, and the radio guys, it's not even close. Right, I have and, and I know what And I know what the numbers are for the respective stations as well, or for the, for the broadcast. Mm -hmm. There's just... And it's not that we're all way more... It has not... It's just the market it's, is different. Yeah, it is a different market. And again, I, I would like to... We can you and I can guess. You know, I can tell you this: uh, uh, a well-written piece on the Flames and a well-written piece in the Oilers. The Oilers piece does better on Sportsnet.ca. It just all gets day. more clicks, and all it's night, not all because day. it's better copy or any of that stuff. It, it just tells you again. It reinforces there's more Oilers fans out there searching for news. So James Neal. So I, you know, I might know a couple guys in Calgary, and one of them said to me, Bob, just put. Just think about this for a second. Think about the scenario. Bill Peters comes in. He brings three players with Carolina with him. Mm -hmm. He brings uh, Elias Lindholm, who yeah. has a, a career year. He he really was the one that took the job away from right. James Neal and Cal. Noah Hannafin. 
who, you know, is going to be an excellent defenseman for Calgary for a long time. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then Bill Peters' pet project is is Derek Ryan, right. who had 15 guys. goals and 38 points and was plus 21 and 58%. The exact guy the Oilers need, right? So he goes, but those three guys know what they're getting with Bill when they go in there as new guys to the team. Of course. And Neil comes in there. And he is kind of an outside. Like everybody else is either a former flame or, or, or a flame from before, or knew Peters before. And yeah. Neil was the one that kind of came in there, and it just it didn't. Jump. That happens once in a while in sport. I would say that there's a. I mean, the Flames obviously have a lot of strengths. They're a very good team. Their strength is in defense. Uh, certainly, the defense is excellent, and uh, they've got really good depth forwards, and they got the great, you know, nice first line. But when Lindholm takes the spot up with Goodrow and Monaghan, their second-line center is, is uh, Backlund, and he's, a, I mean, turned into an excellent player. But he doesn't, to me, have the, you know, he's not the, the offensive provider that a guy like James Neal needs to really to get the most out of James Neal. To me, and, and this isn't an insult because I think Backlund's turned into a great player, but on a championship team, Backlund's a third-line center. He's a face-off winning Right, uh, penalty killing. He's a good, good, solid defensive. Who sweep. plays with a little bit of an edge? Oh, he's a good player, man. Like I'm not downgrading him. He's a good player. But I think when I'm James Neal and I need a guy putting on a tee for me, I think that's probably about the fourth best thing that that Backlund does. The problem Neal had there was that Froelich played so well with Backlund and Kachuk for a couple of years, right? Sure, they right. were. They're a duo. So for Lee can, and, and so the qu- the question I have for you, Mark, can both teams win the trade? Well, I think what's really maybe, but I think that what will if you want to boil that thought down, Bob, it'll be that third round pick. You know, which I think is the coolest set condition I've seen in a long time. I've told both Trelleving and Hall, and you guys got to do this more often. Uh, right, the the condition to for the third round pick is that Neil has to score at least twenty one goals, and he has to be at least 10 goals ahead of Lucic. So win for the Oilers so if that happens. If they end up giving up the third round pick, it's probably win-win. Let's say if, if you know, let's say Neil gets 25, it's win for the Oilers. And if if Lucic gets to 15, mm-hmm. is that it? No, 10 less, I guess it is. Yeah. Excuse me. So either way, I mean, I guess if Lucic gets... Do you think Lucic will ever score more than 10 goals? I don't know. You know, I'm not, I, I don't think he'll be in a role in Calgary, Bob, to, to you know, that's why that condition is the way it is. I don't think Brad Treliving sees him playing in a top six role for sure. Yeah. And, you know, he'll... Well, be, he's not going to play ahead of Goodrow and Kachuk on the left no, side. He's, he's a left wing, so he's going to play he's no third, higher than third. third no line. higher than third. And possibly fourth. And I mean, possibly fourth. That's what they're saying. Garnet Hathaway's spot was a fourth line left wing. Except and that's, he played right wing. Yeah. Well, a lot of the word and, out of Calgary was he's going to take that role, though. Yeah, and so, so Majiapani and Derek Ryan played with Hathaway, and that line was their best line down the stretch yeah. last year in Calgary. Good it's, depth line, right, that made him a good team. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be an interesting situation. Brad's got a lot of work to do, Trey Living. I mean, you take a look, he's got the four restricted free agents, Mark. Yeah, oh, for sure. Right? He doesn't have a lot of, he has a little bit more cap space now. Does he trade TJ Brody? Well, he's got trouble there because Kachuk's going to be the, I don't think Kachuk's going to fool around with a bridge deal. Like Seven and a half times five? At you least. Think? Yeah. At least. Sure. And he's, then they got to get Bennett signed. And, and, I, and I think part of the reason why they wanted Lucic is they didn't want Bennett 
taken on all the fights. Because no, he fought right. Because he, he fought a lot of guys out of his weight in yeah. a weight category last year. See, Bennett's an interesting cat, and you brought up Cogliano. We all know how Cogliano had to reinvent himself and yeah. become the player he is today after being a first round pick and a goal scoring top six centerman. Uh, and we've watched Sam Bennett didn't have to leave the team that drafted him to realize, okay, you know what? I was fourth overall, but this is probably my role is going to be as this third-line guy that checks and plays hard, and all of a sudden he's fighting a bunch. I'm not saying he has to do that, but he's smart enough, right, Bob, to say, okay, if I'm staying in the league, I'm clearly not a top-line player here. i got to figure it out. I, if I like it, that. If it were me, I would play Bennett as second-line right wing in Calgary and play Backlund at center and uh, and keep Kachuk on the left side. Basically, have Bennett replace where for a league plays okay. and move for a league further down in the lineup. I just want to see what they get back from Brody. And I'm going to go back to Dallas because Dallas needs another top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dallas has stuff. And Dallas. they got Radic like Faxa. And I, I just get the sense in Calgary they're not sold on Jankowski. It just, you know... Big rangy guy. Uh, they got the perfect fourth line center in Ryan, except they play him like a third line center. Yep. So, from an Oilers perspective, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, left or right wing. Uh, speaking of the Battle of Alberta, and Mark penned a book called The Battle of Alberta, and it was uh, it was it was a suitable read. It was okay. Uh, it's about as far a compliment as you'll ever get on the show. <laughs> For a limited time, you can catch all the Battle of Alberta games at Rogers Place this season with a brand new Oilers Power Pack. It features one preseason, two regular season games against Calgary, and you're guaranteed the same seat for all three. They're on sale at edmontonoilers.com, but only until Friday at midnight. The Battle of Alberta Power Pack starts at 3:49 per seat. Uh, Epstein's mother has just texted the show. Hey, Stoffer, Specter, Stoffer, enough with guiding the conversation around the Flames lines. What are the Oilers lines going to do? Is Neil going to play left or right side. And if he plays right, what happens to Sam Gagne? This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. I'd like to uh, personally thank Mark's uh, far better half, Shelka, for bringing by a paperback version of uh, the Battle of Alberta book. That was nice of you to bring one in for both uh, Brendan and myself. There we go. Did you know that Spec brought one in for you? I did not. Appreciate yeah, it, Spec. Yeah, there, there you go. So, I, I, by the way, I actually paid cash for the hard copy. You did not. I've never paid cash for anything. Is that what you're wow, going to say? Good for you. All right. Uh, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Spec, yeah. where would you play James Neal? Ed Edmonton's requ- acquired him. Well, it's a good question. Uh, you know, every time a shooter comes to Edmonton, the talk is, hey, Connor McDavid, I skate in the summer with Connor, and I like Connor, and Connor, Connor, Connor. Everyone wants to play with Connor. Uh, I think that you, the, the clear problem that Edmonton had offensively last year is they only had one line that scored. Uh-huh. So to me, he probably needs to play on the second line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. you got to give Nugent Hopkins somebody. Right or left wing? Uh, that's yet to be determined. Left shot center. So argument. that means you probably want him on the right side. On the right side. Because he is a real good shooter. So yeah. I'll give you that right side. I think he prefers to play right side. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a Dave Tippett call. But Do you, uh, how about your the- left winger on that line? He better be quick if he's playing. You know, if you have Neil on the right side, you then would want a quicker player on the left side. Who's that going to be? Yeah. Nygaard? Well, Nygaard's, Nygaard's a quick player. He's fast. See, so, so Here's the thing about Nygaard. 20 teams were in a Nygaard. 
Okay. Not as many teams were in on Haas. Like, Haas to me is like, okay. He's coming out of Switzerland, right? Right. And they're like, the, the people I talk to in the SHL are like, oh, yeah, no, no, Nygaard's going to be able to step in. Last okay. year, when, when I got tipped off that the Oilers were in on him, I, I talked to both Clefbaum and Tillerson. Yeah. And they're like, Clefbaum was the guy that told me Derek Ryan could play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Bob, he's the Swedish League MVP. I don't yeah, care if he's not player. the greatest skater. He's smart enough to play. In the, my okay. friends say he's super smart. He can play. And in Nygaard's case, it, the comment was, are you sure the Oilers are going to get him? And I'm like, eh, you got a pretty good chance to get him. I go, he can skate. He's fast. Well, and and they're 20 So good reader. Right? So yep. good reader. So, yeah, he can skate. That's a check mark. Yep. So he can it, skate up and down the wings. He's got to be in the guts of the game. And Neil, but he's got to be. got to see how he plays. He's got to be in the guts of the game, and that was the sure. problem for Reader. He wasn't in the guts uh, of the game. No, he was total perimeter player. He's, by the way, he's still not signed yet, is he? You think? Anywhere. Right? So it's remarkable. So <laughs> I wonder, is it is it out of the realm of possibilities that they maybe do this differently? Okay, shoot. Okay. Let's just say in, in, in they go with Neil, with McDavid, but not with Dreisaitl on that line. Okay. And then go Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins on the second line? Yes, maybe with Chase on. Who's your top line left winger? Someone's got to play a lot of... See, the problem with the, playing with McDavid is McDavid's going to play 22 minutes. Yeah. So you better Where's have... Where's Cassian fit next? Well... Cassian, to me, is, I mean, let's face it, he's a bottom six player, but showed the ability to play with Connor McDavid and score a bunch of goals. So did Chase on. Do you know Both guys for a while. I'm not saying that I would pin 82 games on that. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Can someone text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line and show me what the possession metrics were with Cassian versus Chase on? Because I think they were much better... With K- with Cassian on the wing, then okay. with Chase on, I think there was some concern with Chase on in the top six role. But he, I mean, he played too many minutes. Do you know the John Sexmas story about Cassian? No. For a year and a half, he he'd be t- every game on the road. Hey, you got to tell Todd to play Cassian in the top six. I'd be like, he's a bottom six forward. He's never been able to consistently prove yeah. he could play. You got to. Pr- I'm telling you, he can do it for a 20 or 25 game run. I'm like. John, he's right. I appreciate the text. Thanks a lot for texting. <laughs> he was right. Right, and and what happens? Todd gets moved out, and about what 15, 20 games in with Hitch, yeah, he pops Cassian up there, and the guy scores fifteen goals. Yeah, he's good. Very helpful. Gets in on the four check. Yeah, is unpredictable enough. No, no, for sure. I love having him on the ice with McDavid as if I was the Oilers coach or something. For sure. And he does. He knocks pucks loose. That Got to have a guy that can skate on each line, right? Yeah, and Cassian can skate. So yeah. this is where you are when you're the Oilers. You have, like, we have to probably change our traditional viewpoints of top six, bottom six players. You know, we label people okay. like Zach Cassian. The Oilers have three traditional top six players on their team right now. Drysaddle, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. Next would be James Neal, who did not perform like a top six player last year, but has been one his whole career. Let's call him a top six player. Now there's still two spots left. Yep. There aren't top six players coming out of the woodwork here, folks. So you better get your head around the fact that a guy that you deem or I deem or someone deems 
to be a depth bottom six forward, they're going to have to start the game on those lines. It's just how it is. And, you know, Chason and Cassian last year were examples of that. Nygaard, I don't know how good he is. Haven't seen him enough. The Haas, I mean, if Haas was coming from the from the Stockton heat, we wouldn't give him a big chance. Well, he's coming out of Switzerland. I'm not sure there's a big difference between the Swiss League and the American League. Yeah. Which league's better, Bob? Oh, I think the HL's better than I think the HL's better too. So he's coming out of the Swiss League. I know I, I like I gotta watch this guy play, man. I'm not. Right. The one thing with Nygaard and Haas is they can both skate. Apparently Haas is really good in the face off circle as well. That would help. But again In I, Switzerland. I've got He's I've, not going up against I, Joe I, Thornton or Pavelski, is he? I know a guy that runs a team <laughs> in Switzerland and he's like, I'm not sure he's gonna be able to prove they can play in the NHL. No, just just so you know, Bob. It. Like I like I'm not sure But this is listen, and, and and let's not be critical. This is Ken Holland getting as many lottery tickets as he can with the little money he has to spend because at of the what he's inherited store here. Because yeah, of what he's got he's a inherited. bad situation. And he's done a great job of, of of grabbing a bunch of people. Some of them are going to work, hopefully. Yeah. They won't all work, but I think he's done a nice job here. He's, he's you know, now he pulls off the Lucy's trade. Like, good for him. Ken Holland's done a good job with what he's got to work with. Yeah. I got no problem with it. You think they get, the orders have anything to fear with Lucic when they play him? Uh, I have a theory with guys when they play their former team. Yeah, they always when, calm down. Well, you know what it is? It's the guys, the, the guys on the team that he used to play for. They know how to play against them. They yeah. practice with them. They, they realize he's. It's it's also well, a different time. You don't have, you know what I mean. Here's what I'll say about Lucic, Bob, and you'll. I know you're going to agree with this. He's a one of the toughest guys in the league. He's really no tough. question. Lots of people just are scared of him. Yeah. No one's going to fool around when he's. All those things are true. But the problem we've watched in Edmonton is the other teams have the book on Lucic. Just leave him alone. Yeah. Don't give him a reason to start to play his strong cards, which is intimidation. Just let him sleep, make him play, and he can't, he's not a factor. Lucic has to get young again and start to play those cards, right? Without having someone force that card out of his hand, he's got to go out there and start pushing people around and start forcing the physicality because that's where he's valuable. But we watched him in Edmonton. He's waiting for someone to to bring him into the fight, yeah. and no one's bringing him into the fight. No. All right, it's 12.58 in Edmonton. Uh, Mark Spector is here. Spector and Stauffer for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live racing out at Century Mile on Thursday night, Saturday day, and Sunday. Uh, we will come back. We're going to get to some of your texts on our Heartland Ford text line. we got Steve Stales. More coming up in the Battle of Alberta theme. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by... By Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.05 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, along with Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now. Brendan will have uh, NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing today at 150. Steve Stales, a man who's worn both the Oilers and the Flames jersey at 135. Stoffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Again, live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sunday days out at Century Mile. The second era of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. 
Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location, Digitex.ca, Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one and owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. All right. Uh, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. We're going to get to some texts at 118 today. 118 for the text. Go down and see the great Goretzky. That's Mike Goretzky. He's now at Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan, along with Griff Jarvis at Heartland Ford and Heartland RV. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. And uh, we're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can reach me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan at Brendan Escott. Spec is here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mark, we'll get to a bunch of the texts here. We're just trying to figure out, all right, what are the orders going to, what do the orders have with James Neal? And what do the orders have with Mike Smith? And conversely, what do the Flames have with Cam? I think the one thing we can say is Cam Talbot's reputation with his peers is sterling. He yes. is seen unequivocally as a great teammate. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. there's he's bulletproof. Uh, and a guy that went through his own personal struggles with his game yeah. and always owned up, and it wasn't everyone else's fault, even though watching the team play defensively, sometimes you thought, mm, you yeah. could help them more. But, no, as a goaltender, he owned everything. Top-notch, solid guy, 100%. I have one major fundamental pet peeve that drives me nuts with goaltenders. Yes. Don't show up your yeah. team. When the palms are out, like, oh, my God, what happened here? How, how did you leave in that In fact, guy so you've open? personally witnessed me wire pucks at a guy's head once for being a <laughs> bit of a being a bit of a hothead. And then you'd be like, what are you doing, you idiot? You're gonna, he's not going to want to play anymore, you know? I think we grew up in a place with where Grant Fuhr faced four breakaways a night and never complained a bit. Right. And if he let in five... Uh, and they, you know, lost 6-5. He says, oh, I should have made one more save. You wrote the uh, Battle of Alberta book, which mm-hmm. is at all great uh, locations throughout the city of Edmonton. So it's at your chapters and uh, all those kind of places. Yeah. And you can also order it online. How can you order it online? Oh, it's on Amazon. You can find yeah. it on Amazon. And it's still in the Oddbook store. Did you get this when you started the book? You knew the guys respected Grant Fuhr, but it's almost reverence when you talk to... Like the other, like you talk to Wayne Gretzky, and I'm telling you, he never underscores the importance of Grant. He's always like, "Look, this guy was a yep. major part of why we won." Well, I think the the '80s Oilers are remembered for offense. They're remembered for scoring uh, 400 goals, right? Yeah, they're remembered for you know ringing up eight, ten goals some nights for just never being out of a game for winning six five. But the guys on that team remember having the best goaltender in the game. And he was. There's a reason he Grant Fear was the Canada Cup goaltender, right? Because he's the best guy. So, yeah. you know, I think, I remember Reggie Lemelin said to me out of Calgary, he said, oh, yeah, it's easy being Grant Fear because he had a team that scored six every night. But you know what? It wasn't easy being Grant Fear because you stood around without the puck, didn't see as much rubber, and then all of a sudden you get two breakaways in a row. And he was up to the task. And mentally, I think, was the key component for him. He, you know, mentally, he was just the coolest cat you ever met, right? What did he say when Smith banked the puck in off? It's his fault. I should have had that one. I should have, yeah, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have been there, you know. (laughs) So, no, no, he was a great teammate, right? Yeah. A great teammate, which is another sort Sort of, I would say, you know, give Glenn Sather credit for this. He brought all those young guys in the league. He taught them how to be good teammates. And, 
you know, Wayne Gretzky, I think, was the ultimate captain and best player on the team. He included every guy. Every the guy. The stories of Wayne phoning you when you were, you know, a fourth liner coming in from St. Louis or whatever. You know, the Yaroslav Pozars of the world were always included by Gretzky. And I think we see a little bit of that in McDavid. McDavid's the one phoning the draft picks, right? McDavid's the one calling guys saying, hey, welcome to the team. And that's a good sign. Yeah, well, I, back to, uh, you know, back to Nygaard. You know, I know he reached out to Niger. Sure, he seems to reach out to all the new acquisitions to welcome. All right. He's a captain. So the on That's that note, good. on that note, hmm? James Neal has been training with Connor McDavid. Yeah. James Neal has now been skating since Connor started to skate. Uh, he's on schedule and everything, at least to, yeah. to what we know. Does this deal happen, Lucic for Neal? without McDavid's blessing? Or do you think McDavid was sitting there saying, we may have an opportunity to capitalize and get ourselves... Like, you- well, I would I would say this. Uh, you know, Kenny Holland's a smart guy. He And he's a, he's a... He's an includer. He doesn't do a lot of things in a vacuum, right? right. He talks to people. He, remember how he talked about, i got to hire a coach before I can get some players because he wanted to make sure he talked to the coach about the players he was bringing in. So I would absolutely guarantee you that he is aware and was aware that Neil and McDavid trained together and he would phone McDavid yeah. and say, what do you think about this guy? You know, and, and they've known each other for quite some time. I talked to James Neal. He said, I'd known Connor when he was a kid and started coming out. I knew him then. So I would think, I guarantee you that Connor McDavid has his blessing on this deal. Yeah. Uh, reverence was the word Derek Roy used way back in 1415. I'm like, so how is this guy? He goes, oh, he's a 70 point guy. Like like next season when he's a rookie? No, no, right now he'd be a 70-point guy. Yeah, right. I remember that. Going into his draft year. Well, didn't Ty Ratty say that my dad could score 80 points or something <laughs> with McDavid? Yeah. So, uh, Where is Ty Ratty, by the way? Did he not sign in Russia in the KHL? I think did, he went to the K. Did yeah. he go to Mac T's team? He sure did. He did. There you go. He went and joined Mac T over in Yaroslavl? That loaded up Yaroslavl team. There you go. Yeah. Not too bad. I kind of like Ty Ratty, but he was an okay guy. Just a guy. Somehow wasn't there. There's a player that had one NHL skill, you know, the ability to score. He could score, but didn't have enough of the other skills somehow to make it last. Didn't right? score enough. Well, That's... why? Because I didn't get to the right place. Because he, uh-huh. the other team had the puck too much when think, he was on the ice. Think of because... where we were, Mark, at the start of last year, counting on looking Ratty and potentially Yamamoto and Poliarvi as the yeah, top three was, right wings. Well, that go for you. Right, like I, I look at Neil, and I do think he's going to end up on the right side. Yeah, and I would think so. He, the one thing he's got, he's got a great release. I mean, he can get. If you watch his goals, just for listeners, actually, Brandon, can you tweet out from the Oilers now account James Neal's goals as a Vegas Golden Knight? Because he scores from some bizarre area. Because he's a he's a volume shooter. Yeah, but it's the quickness that he gets the shots off with. And now, on the power play, you know that that spot on the right side belongs to number 29, right. on the first unit. On the first That's unit. That's not changing. Yeah. I asked him yesterday about playing net front. <laughs> right. Can he play net? Because in fairness to Chason, whereas maybe Chason wasn't the greatest fit 5v5. Did a pretty good job net front. He did a good job net front. Got in the way, tipped the puck. He's got good hand-eye coordination. He can actually make plays back to Dreisaitl from that position. Neil is not a player that's going to change his MO and start tipping pucks in front of the net. He's uh-huh. a guy that he's a shooter. scores from the circle. 200-plus shots. they got to get him 200-plus shots. Okay, that's and, interesting, right? Yep. And do you think there's a chance he shoots 5%? Like, you know? Well, you'd hope that... I mean, that's when you look at players... Like two years of Milan Lucic not being good, it, yeah. it that's 
that's a big tell, right? One year, okay, you know, got a bad year, some things went wrong. When you have two years in a row, yeah. it's starting to look permanent. Uh, James Neal had one bad year, shooting percentage was 5%. Uh, it makes you feel like if he can get that back up to his career. Now, there's, there's been a lot of analytics done on players like Neil that have had careers like him. And there was, uh, I know uh, Jason wrote a piece about it, but there were some other guys out there, maybe Michael Parcati. I might actually have to look it up mm-hmm. during the break. But there's some goal expectation moving forward of Neil, and some guys think it could be as many as 70 more goals in his NHL career. Well, if he does that over the next four years, that's that's 18 goals a year. You know, I'd take that. I think you'd take that. But I do think next year, I think it's entirely possible he could score, if he stays healthy for the year and he plays in the Oilers' top six, I think he's going to score 22 to 25 goals. I know this. He's going to have north of 200 shots. He's got to shoot the pill because he can shoot it. Well, and he's on an, in a top six that is, you know, we were just saying earlier, I would say of their top six, they've probably got one legitimate winger who I would, would all look at and say, this guy's a top six player, that'd be Leon Dreisaitl if we're calling him a winger. Yeah. There's not another guy on the team that walks in the door and you go, that guy, he's a top six winger. James Neal's got lots of opportunity in front of him. Yeah, absolutely. It is one uh, fifteen. A reminder again uh, for you as we talk about the uh, Battle of Alberta. For a limited time, you can catch all the Battle of Alberta games at Rogers Place this season with a brand new Oilers Power Pack. It features one preseason, two regular season games against the Flames, and you're guaranteed the same seat for all three. They're on sale at EdmontonOilers.com, but only until Friday at midnight. That's the Battle of Alberta Power Pack. It starts at $349. So, what was the favorite thing you uh, in the Battle of Alberta book? What was the favorite? What was the one thing you didn't know that surprised you the most when you wrote the book? Uh, Besides the fact that you didn't know as much as you thought you knew. Well, you never do, right? You never yeah. do. You know what I didn't know? I didn't know that in the second Grimson Brown fight that Barry Stafford called Dwayne Mandrusiak in from the Edmonton Eskimos to help him figure out how to stop Grimson from tying up Dave Brown's left hand. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And Dwayne Mandrusiak was in the training. They used Vaseline, or what do they do with it? Yeah, they they tightened up. They Dwayne said, well, here's what we do with offensive linemen. So the D-man, the defensive lineman can't grab and toss them around. We tighten their jersey way up so that there's nothing to grab. And then we put a bunch of Vaseline on it. <laughs> and that's what they did with Brown. They, put, they tightened up his left arm on his jersey so it could barely come off. Yeah. And they soaked it down with Vaseline. And if you watch the tape... Of Stu Grimson in that second fight, to... he grabs like three times, and yeah. it's like, man, he kept grabbing and missing, and then it was the fight in Calgary. Yeah, yeah, the fight in Calgary, the right. second fight, and and I didn't know that, Bob. Yeah, I did not know that Dwayne Mandrusiak played a role in the Battle of Alberta, the Eskimos equipment match. Legendary. These, one of these days, we have to get somebody from the Eskimos on. Speaking of Dwayne Mandrusiak, to talk about, um, well, there is a a player that had some off the field distractions. And they went out east once, and uh, he ended up involving himself with some people that can make you go missing. <laughs> and uh, there was guys pushing him out of the huddle because they thought he was going to get sniped during the game. <laughs> That's the story. I don't know. Hey, That's I'd, what the... I'd write the book, like Dwayne's book. Oh, like, man. If he, would, if he would tell all. I'm going to get a text you here. Statue of limitations on that story, by the Listen, way. The CFL is so cool because it's filled with these guys that come and go like a ship in the night, you know? Yeah. They're, I mean, in the old days... This guy didn't come and go like a ship in the night. He was at Edmonton for three or four years. Yeah, I, yeah. 
Guys stayed yet. Guys and he was a badass, let me right? tell you. Lots of crazy stories. All right. We'll get to your text when we come back in orders now. Specter and Stoffer for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Hi, this is Ryan and Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Congratulations to uh, Ryan Newton Hopkins and his uh, now wife, uh, Brianne. Done lots of events over the last several years with Ryan uh, and the folks over at uh, ATB Financial, John Winwick, uh, Chris Noble and the gang, uh, ATB, proud sponsor of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And uh, what, a, what a terrific guy. If ever there was a guy that you would want to marry, it was, it's kind of like the John Elway line about Tim Tebow, right? Uh, yes. I think I got you up there, Speck. Uh, when the Broncos made the trade, to bring in Peyton, or we're on the ver- I think they cut Tebow first or traded yeah. him or something. He goes, yeah. Look, you're not asking me whether or not you, I want this guy to marry my daughter. If, if that was the guy, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'm looking for a quarterback. I'm looking for a number one quarterback here. But in the Nugent's case, I mean, he's a hell of a player, but he's, yeah, always, he's a good young man. He's a we great Had he, him in town since he was 18 years yes. old. He's grown up quite a lot, matured. Yes. And you know what? He's turned into a really good player. There's a guy, play a thousand games in the league. Uh, he's just a solid, good two-way player. Top six centerman. Play on my team any day. Here we go. Let's get to some text on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, question, who will be the Oilers' third-line center from Drew's view? Spec. That's a good question. The Oilers' third-line center? Who do you think it'll be? I don't. Right now, I don't know. <laughs> I think that column's yet to be written. TBA. And I think Holland's looking to answer that question as we speak. You know? Uh, could be a guy on a PTO, so it could be. Gaetan Haas is going to get a chance for sure. Yeah. Uh, coming to camp with him as the only candidate. Jujar Kara will get a chance, yeah. but he hasn't proven he can play yeah. center. Is he a better winger? Uh, Kyle Brodziak, you know, that back last year towards the end of the year was really bugging him a bit, so I'm going to... I, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens here. Well, I mean, in, in Gagne and, and I don't Brodziak, think you have two fourth-line centers, in my opinion. I, uh, Gagne, to me, uh, I think he's hard-pressed to play center just because of the foot speed. Yeah. And I don't think Cooper Marotti's ready. I think Benson's the closest of all the guys on the farm and to push for him. And he's a winger. Uh, this text comes in out of uh, Brad and Red Deer. Spec, it was two bad years for Lucic in a playoff run where he was nowhere to be found. In fairness, if you include the stretch run of the regular season, Lucic was very good with Nugent Hopkins and Everly in the final month of the regular season. Mm-hmm. But those guys needed to be better against Anaheim. Edmonton lost three one-goal games. None of those guys scored an even-strength goal last year. I mean, I think because we haven't seen enough playoff hockey here, Bob, you know, because this team hasn't been in the playoffs, we pour a lot of, of importance on on two rounds of playoffs. The way the playoffs work is guys come in and out and in and out. They don't all play great all the time. I'm not going to hang that on Eberly. I'm not yeah. going to hang it on Lucic. Shane has texted the show to say, Bob and uh, Mark, Neil and Smith, gritty sniper, competitive goalie. Lucic and Talbot, tough and positive. That one comes to us from Shane. Uh, this text, uh, Speck and Stoff, uh, I'm a, on a Heartland Ford text line. I'm a Jets fan. I remember going to a game in Winnipeg against the Oilers in the 80s. Furin goal. At the end of the first period, the shots were 25-3 to for Winnipeg. The score was 2-0 for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Well, that can happen once in a while. Yep. Uh, 
Bob, does the organization value Russell that much on their third pair to keep him at four million bucks? I just don't understand why they aren't aren't more open to shopping them, especially when looking for clear paths for some of their younger team prospects and cap situation. That comes to us from Mitch and the Greater. Well, he's in their second pairing right now. He's not in their third pairing. He's their second pairing right shot defenseman at this time. Mm -hmm. Situations are fluid. Yeah, and and I think the choice was made between him and Sekera, and they bought out Sekera. And I thought to myself, when they bought out Sekera, they're going to certainly use Russell for another year. Let's say have two years left, Bob. Uh, one year left. Who Russell? He's yes. got uh, another uh, two more years. Two left. more years. This yeah. year, next year. So I thought to myself, he'll be here this year. Bobby Boucher. Uh, to your knowledge, you know if any current Oilers listen to your show, or do they really not care to? From Andrew, I, I would hazard a guess that they probably got better things to do than listen to Oilers now. Uh, but who knows? I don't put know. it this way. If you were an NHL player in a rabid market like this, would you sit in your car and listen to people talk about you and the work you do? I'll tell you what. Do I read the comments below the Sportsnet article, Bob? Negative. You should. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I do not. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Bob, can you ask Mark Spector to pair me with Connor McDavid at his tournament next week? That would be very difficult, I think. It would be, as Connor McDavid's not... Uh, we will have a couple of jerseys there of Connor McDavid. If you want to come uh, help the auction out a little bit, partner. You could golf with Bob, but I hear that's a pretty tough experience. It's a fun experience. <laughs> all 140 shots worth? <laughs> oh, now, what type of shots are you talking <laughs> There you go. Is that the requisite response? <laughs> Again, you can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at one uh, thirty-five today. Steve Stales. Uh, here we go. You guys aren't seeing this right out of Grand Prairie. Example, get Speck to put a hockey glove on and have him punch you in the chin. Now imagine Kachuk doing that all game long. Sure, he won't fight, but don't expect a zebra to change his stripes. He's going to be knocking down Settle and McDavid in the face. Uh for five games this year, and sure, Cass might slap him a little, but he'll just turtle and get Lucic after him. I like the trade. I hate that Luch went to Calgary. Uh, my understanding is actually Kachuk, after that first game in Edmonton, or in uh, between Edmonton and Calgary last year, basically got told to tone it down a bit. That some of the stuff was a little... He's got to play his game, but... Well, was his a, game is to knock the best players on the other team off theirs part of his game. That's what makes him such a good player. He's also a really good player. And everybody, uh, there's a reason all the Oilers fans hate him, because he's good at that part too. So sure, will he grow an inch taller with Lucic? You bet he will. Yeah, he'll be more effective. Bob, nobody has spent more time or scored more in the left wing with McDavid since he entered the league than Patrick Maroon. Roland texts the show. What do you think of that, Spec? Well, is Patrick Maroon... Uh, in a team shy on wingers, he's still out there. Poor Patrick Maroon. You know, he had the good year, thought he was going to get a decent contract, signed for one year in Jersey, right? No, got traded. How did it go? He signed one year with Jersey or St. Louis? One year in Jersey. Ends up at St. Louis where he finds a home. He's a St. Louis boy. They win a cup. Okay, this summer, give him a guy a three-year contract or something. Can't get anything. Yeah. How uh, come, Bob? Why? 
I don't know. I'm told he might be looking at 800K. Like, what's going on? Uh, well, maybe he's there's... had some good years. He's. I'm not saying he's the best player you ever saw, but he was good in the playoffs. He's a good guy. He's a good team guy. He gives you some toughness. Gives you some size. He skates okay. I'm not saying he's fastest to win, but he's not that bad. It's a lot of worse players with better contracts than Pat Maroon's getting. Uh, Alex in Lethbridge, Bob, if he is ready, how lethal would a Benson, Nugent, Hopkins, Neal's second line be? Benson's vision and passing could be a perfect fit yes. for those two. It's an excellent point. I, I, that is. And you know what? I don't want to get fans too pumped up on Tyler Benson, but there's a lot to like in his progression. And he can pass, and he can also protect the puck. Mm-hmm. And his skating has continued to improve. See what he does this summer. We'll see. He's... To me, he's the most interesting of the Bakersfield forwards to watch in training camp. Absolutely, for sure, and to me, the closest. Uh, Bob, can you please tell me how Mark Spector is allowed to change his opinion and pretend he's right after every outcome? Thanks. <laughs> is that true? I, I think I'd bust you harder than anybody if you've changed your outcome and you're completely well, wrong on that. that. I don't know about you guys out there, but I know I'm wrong most nights because I hear I have a wife and a daughter, and they often tell me how wrong I am. Like last night, they were watching The Bachelor, and I said, "This is utter." It rhymes with trite, okay? Yeah. And I said, "How can anybody possibly?" I said, "Tori, this is not how the real world works. You don't have four guys that are supermodel-esque looking guys sitting there chasing after you, and you get to decide between the four. That's an unrealistic portrayal, and a completely engineered." Yes. And she goes, "You were the one that grew up watching wrestling." Ooh, ouch! Duly noted. Yeah. That's pretty sharp, Tori. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, a uh, guy who played for both the Calgary Flames and the majority of his career at the Edmonton Oilers. He's the president and GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs, Steve Stales. When we return on Oilers now after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.